share life stories of various individuals to inspire and educate. You're listening to Anecdotes, a podcast hosted by two millennials, Timothy and Vance. Thank you for joining us on this learning journey. Let's discover our why together. Welcome to episode 20 of Anecdotes, a show where we share inspiring stories and learn how to become better each day, one anecdote at a time. I'm Vance, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Timothy. For this episode, Timothy shared his anecdote about a recent happening at a gym he frequents and how we love to jump to conclusions and be quick to judge people. I shared an anecdote about my interaction with a friend who has problems coming to terms with her shortcomings and how shedding her ego was what she needed to do. Listen on for more. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts from. A couple of days ago, I started writing an article. Um, it's titled, I hate it. I hate hate it when people jump to conclusions. There was a misunderstanding somewhere in the gym, okay? Okay. So, apparently, I think both parties overreacted. And then, because, like, everything, there's been a big change in the gym, so everyone's not used to stuff. So, I think every little accident, or every little incident gets blown out of proportion. And then, when both parties overreact, that's when some kind of confrontation happens. So basically what happened was someone was called a CC and then that person wasn't happy because he was injured and then that person changed and ran out of the gym. So it doesn't involve you, right? It doesn't. It, doesn't. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't me. But okay. because I was a bystander, I could see like why this happened. And after that whole thing happened, everybody started giving their take on saying like who's wrong, who's right, you know. That kind of stuff. But, but I just think it was unfair to say that the guy who stormed out of the gym was wrong. Uh-huh. Because I feel that a lot of people lack this certain quality, which is empathy these days. We're, we're too quick to judge at times. Yep. When we don't listen to the another person's point of view first before coming to our conclusion. So everybody was saying that he was right. Uh, I mean... The guy whose stomach was wrong, he overreacted, he shouldn't be um, upset about being called a CC or something. So, but for me, when people started saying that, I say like, don't you think that there might be another reason why he's, he acted this way? He might probably have a bad day and he, he was seriously injured, I think. Mm-hmm. So, and the thing is, you don't get called, you, you don't call people names within the first month of knowing somebody, right? You only start calling names and you're really comfortable with somebody. So naturally, I think he felt hurt. Uh. Either that or you call someone names when you want to make enemies with that person. Make Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And apparently, that wasn't the only reason why he stormed out of the gym after people actually asked, why do you act that way? And it turns out, it wasn't just that he wasn't upset about being called a CC. It was because the whole gym, um, there was a big change, okay? So, mm-hmm. instructors changed, the rules changed. So, naturally, anyone walking into the gym who was from the old set of rules would feel overwhelmed with the new change, right? Uh-huh. So, when, when you're in a foreign sort of like some environment where you're not used to, then naturally, every single thing will tick you off. You'll be more sensitive to anything, right? I guess. I mean, it's hard to... It's, it's a bit hard for me to imagine right now. Yeah. But 
I would say that maybe because talking about my ass, but maybe because he f- he felt that he was alone. Mm. That's why he just stormed out because, you know, maybe he would rather storm out than punch someone, which is definitely a better choice. Yeah. Right. And that that might have happened also. Yeah. Now that you talk about it, why he choose to storm out of the gym and you know, and the instructor told him to never come back, essentially kicking him out. So I was quite shocked at how everything unfolded. Because that guy was someone who's always smiling all the time, uh, laughing. So I never thought he would react that way either. And it could happen to anyone, you know. Of course. It could have happened to me. It could have happened to somebody else. And I'm not sure how I would react. So that's why I never jumped to conclusions like saying that uh, he was wrong. He should have done that. But I just said, like, hey, give give that guy a chance. Huh? I mean, hear him out first. You don't know what he went through or what he went through earlier. Then give your take on it. Huh? So apparently that was what happened. And this just led me to think, why do people want to jump to conclusions so quickly? You know, mm-hmm. is it because of our innate desire to feel that we are right? Because when we give our opinion on something and when somebody agrees with us, that makes us feel like we are right, correct? Yeah. When somebody agrees with us, it means that we are correct. We are doing things right. So is it because of that that we want to feel right that we just jump to conclusions immediately? I I think in general, jumping to conclusions also kind of make you look like you, you actually know the situation. Yeah. So you're actually in control. It makes you look like... Because when you're sure, okay, mm. people like sure people. People who are sure about the situation. Because uncertainties tend to scare people. But certainty tends to make you feel more comfortable. So by jumping to a conclusion, right, it makes you feel like you're, you are aware of the situation. And when you're aware of the situation, it puts you in power. So by, put it, by jumping to a conclusion, right, it makes you feel empowered. It makes you feel like you are, I don't know, an alpha. That could be one of the reasons why people like to jump to conclusions. Yeah. And I feel that that happens a lot. And that happens to me sometimes as well. But, you know, in the past, I think I would definitely do that. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Just jump to conclusions. But, I don't know, maybe through what I read or you know, what you've been saying, empathy and whatever the three things I forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> Something along that lines, but at least uh-huh. I still have some, retain some of the knowledge, so which is empathy. Uh, and mm. empathy is very important because without empathy, we cannot be objective. To a certain extent, yes. And we can't be objective. We can't look at things from another angle. Mm. And then we'll just blindly, you know, follow what people say. So, and uh, objectivity actually is from what Stoicism or something. I know it's a term that I see coming up a lot in Ryan Holiday's work so far. Yeah, of course. Because objectivity is one of the, I would say, ingredients to (coughs) achieving some sort of success at least yeah 
it's actually one of the key attributes to to being humble and you know keeping the ego at bay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what the material is. Whatever I've written is centered around that and objectivity until I get more information then I can finish it. Okay. But, yeah, it's just something to think about because sometimes we are too quick to judge. We rarely give a chance to anyone who tries to make their point. I think instead of thinking of jumping to conclusions is bad, it actually comes from our need to make sense of what is going on around us. So whenever mm. there's something that is uns- unsure, there's something that is quite blurry, we tend to jump to conclusions because if we can't make sense of something, it scares us, it makes us vulnerable to whatever's going to happen next. And sometimes, you know, when you don't get the situation, when you, when, um, when you among a group of people can't make sense of a situation, it feels like you're left out. So if you're able to jump to, con- not really jump to conclusions, but come up with a conclusion about uh, what, ha- what is happening in the situation, right? It makes you feel more belonged, makes you more empowered and everything. So I think it's more like a, a biological thing that we, mm. we are wired to, to do because making sense of whatever is happening, right? It's your reasoning why something is happening this way. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that it's wrong or correct to jump to conclusions, but rather instead of you can jump to conclusions but whether you act on it is another thing alright mm-hmm. it's only natural it's only human to jump to conclusions because mm-hmm. in a in an uncertain and unsure situation right coming out with a conclusion first to make to, to at least get some uncertainty sorted out will make you safer in any situation maybe you can use the hunter-gatherer example again when a tiger might be in the woods you have to jump to the conclusion that there might be a tiger there because the, the trees are rustling but it could be just yeah. a rabbit. I, I get where you're coming from. Like, I think it's more of, you need to jump to a conclusion before you can formulate a plan. Yeah. Correct. You form a conclusion and then that's where you get the end goal which is what you want to get in the end. Yeah. But the thing is there is a situation where jumping to conclusion is good. Uh, but yeah. in a sense where there's um, something similar like that to happen. Or let's say an argument between your family members. Always listen to both sides of the story before deciding who is right or wrong. Maybe, maybe let's put it this way. If the situation involves emotions and feelings of people, mm. you can jump to conclusions, but make sure that you give the other parties involved a chance to explain their side of the story, yeah. why they react the way everything. But of course, if it's something that is not so much about people, emotions or feelings, but something maybe a machine or <laughs> a ferocious animal and everything, then of course, you don't need to, you just yeah, jump to conclusions yeah. because there's, because the survival is at stake. But only nobody use jumping to conclusions in that context right yeah of course but I'm just I mean it, it, is, it, is, it is I guess it's two extremes to yeah you know explain why it's not good to jump to conclusions when we're dealing with people and emotions and yeah. feelings and everything I guess yeah you're right when dealing with emotions of people then 
is important to be Not, objective yeah. also. Yeah. So and uh, and another friend of mine um asked me for my opinion. So I just gave the answer saying that to me I think both of them were wrong. <laughs> Honestly, both of them overreacted when they shouldn't. And then uh, she told me, Why are you giving a politically correct answer? <laughs> okay. Well it is right. But it, the thing is I, I didn't know it came off that way or felt that it was because that's how I truly felt. Like both of them was wrong. None of them was right. So Maybe you could explain your stand. Yeah, then. I did. I did. And uh. yeah. So I just thought it was kinda of funny that I sounded politically correct. Also oh, you explained already and she still said that you No no no. At first she oh. said so So I I just found it amusing because I was someone who always was very curt and very direct, straightforward with my words. Yeah, but she was jumping to conclusions <laughs> <for> you. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I guess it's a matter of perspective. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that that I could sound politically correct. Because <laughs> it's the first time uh, somebody said that of me. So in the end, what happened? What do you mean, what happened? As in, because he stomped out and everything, then... And yeah, so he got kicked out and that's it. Oh, he really got kicked out? Yeah. So they're not going to accept his payment or anything anymore. He's, he, he can't... I don't know it. about that, but that's up to the owners and I don't want to get involved with it either way. But I sent him a text saying that, hey, I'm sorry that this had to happen to you. Because it honestly could happen to anyone. Yeah. And... But he is alright, I guess. So, at the end of the day, well, there's still something to learn from that. So, yeah. that's my interesting story to share, I guess. Your anecdote of the week. Mm. Yeah. I realize that I don't use articles or I feel better when something happened and then... Yeah, actually, we should have a segment specially for, you know, where we, where we share one anecdote. Yeah, but Which, when you have this kind of thing, then it kind of huh? becomes unnatural because along the whole week, you have to wait for something interesting to happen or, you know. No, actually, you don't really need to talk about an, an, an anecdote that happened in the week. You can talk about something that happened in the past, right? Uh, yeah, la. but yeah. that's if you remember it or you feel an urge to share it. Yeah, okay. But so... Since you're done, I'm going to share something. But I'm going to keep all the names anonymous for... Okay. For anonymous sake. Okay. So... Because, <laughs> yeah, it's the same for me as well. Let me talk about a story that happened to me also. So what happened is, I have this friend who has problems with her career and everything. Like most of us have. Okay, all of us have problems with our career. One way or another. If we don't have problems with our career, then... <laughs> Well, of course, good good for you, uh, but I'm pretty sure all of us have problems with our career. I think everyone should have problems in their career. If not... You'll be too comfortable, right? There won't, there won't be any meaning. Because mm, it means you achieve everything and then what's left to do. I guess. From my perspective, I think it, it is a problem formulated in her own mind. It's not something that is really tangible or something that's going to affect her, but it's more like something in her mind. So she's been working in a company for... About six months. Usually when you work in a new company, probation will be typically three months. 
Okay, I'm not sure about a lot of companies, but most of my friends and whoever I know who works in com- who work in companies, at least in Singapore, based in Singapore, their probation period is three months. So for her, it's a bit special because she didn't meet the standards of passing that probation period. So her probation extended all the way to six months and recently marked her six-month mark. And she's still not confirmed. She's still not out of probation. So she asked for my advice. She said, why, why am I not confirm and you know there's so many turning problems and I think that I'm a huge disadvantage compared to other people so without going into too much unnecessary detail about what she complained about basically she's saying that she's comparing herself with all the other people in the in the company saying that you know she's lacking in terms of all kinds of all kinds of stuff that is not her fault it's not her fault that she has less experience than her colleague it is not her fault that she is not as good at this particular skill as her other colleagues. But her a superior or her boss should give her the chance to, give, to to show that she could possibly do it. So it feels like she's pushing all the blame to other people. When actually the fault honestly lies in her. At least from my perspective. And I believe after talking to her, I, I'm, I'm sure that she understands it as well. So th- thankfully that she understands it. So it brings me to a point where I say... Sometimes understanding and accepting it is different. Yeah, but to move on to the acceptance stage, you need to understand it at at least, right? So So, it's still not done. (laughs) uh, I hope, hopefully, in the near future, it gets done so that she can, you know, get past the probation, get a pay raise, and do more stuff that she she could possibly learn from. (laughs) So I told her that I think one of the main problems, right, why you are unable to accept that you are actually at the one at fault. It's because of your ego. Or you can look at it another way, you can call it pride as well. So I told her, if you really want to improve, if you really want to be better than who you are right now, which I, which I, I assure her that you're not a bad person. Okay, There's no bad people in this world. But you can definitely be a lot better than you are right now. And I'm very sure you want that, right? But if you keep allowing your ego, your pride to get over your head, that means whenever a situation doesn't go the way that you expected it to be or want it to be, the first thing you do is you push blame. the blame to other things. except yourself. That's what happens in Dota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's game, esports gaming, I guess, is quite toxic in that sense or so. But anyway, back to, the, for, back to this topic. Whenever you push your blame to other people, right? Whether is it true or not, Okay, it could be true. Sometimes it could be the person's fault, someone else's fault. But by pushing the blame to other people, right, you're actually kind of saying that you don't do anything to help solve the situation. You're saying that this is not my fucking business. I'm not going to do anything because it's that person's fault or that it's that thing's fault or it's that system's fault or it's the company's fault. It's the weather's fault or whatever it is. But the truth of the matter is if you don't do anything, you're not going to improve. Well, it might be true that someone else is worse off than you. But if you constantly pushing the blame to that person and that person accepts it and improves that he or herself, that's when he or he he or she will actually surpass you. And in the end, can you really still push the blame to him or her? You can. But you, you the person is just going to keep improving and you're just going to keep stagnating or even moving backwards. <laughs> so I would say that I give her a saying. I mean, I'm not sure whether I heard it somewhere or not or I came out with it myself or it's out of my ass. But ego and pride is a luxury of an average person or even a below average person or someone who doesn't want you want to improve. Pride and ego. What's your take? Oh, that's it. 
I thought there's something. I don't know, man. I mean, you can, I don't know. You, you can, can chip in it, first. It kind of refers to the corner's quote a bit. Corner's quote? Corner's quote at the hospital. Oh. Um, what? Health is... Health a is a crown worn by the healthy, but only seen by the sick. Yeah. It sounded something like that. Yeah, I guess. So, like, ego and pride is like a crown that only people who are less than average have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is only something that... Actually, because you think about it, right? If you want your pride in your ego, there are a lot of things you cannot do. I there mean, are a lot of things yeah. that you're not, you won't be willing to do. Because it takes out space. And then when you have that in you, then there'll be lesser space for growth or improvement for that matter. Yeah, and I think we can kind of reference the growth mindset also. When you have pride and ego, pride or ego, your mindset will be very fixed. Mm. You you keep thinking that you are more than you, are, you truly are. You're constantly being judged for everything that you do and all that kind of toxic stuff which really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. And hopefully that friend, <laughs> that friend understands. Hopefully she accepts and you know, move on with her life, improve herself and eventually, who knows, maybe could even do something great by herself. I think, yeah, the thing is when people get told that they're not good enough, most yeah. people can never accept the fact that they're not good enough most of the time. Yeah. At least at first. Because it hurts. I mean, no matter how you look at it, no matter who it is, it will hurt definitely. But the thing is, how are you going to become a better person after hearing that? Is what matters. What are you going to do with that nugget of wisdom? I feel that that's a nugget of wisdom on what you're bad at. Mm. Is how you're going to change what you're bad at into something where you can become better. I think that is the key to happiness also. Yeah. Of course, there's also another argument that if you're content with what you have, you'll be happy. Yeah, sure. I, I don't think we are saying that you don't be content with what you have, but don't be complacent with what you already have yeah. for something that you could possibly lose in the future. The The thing about me is I feel happy when I see improvements or I see growth. So, that's why I feel that there is something that I will never stop yearning no matter at, no matter what stage of my life I'm at. So, that's why. <laughs> I, I, I know I, I also have ego. I mean, everyone has it. It's just how much you are willing to downplay it and yeah. be able to remember that this is actually my ego making me feel so-and-so. It's a skill set, I think, that needs to be honed and trained. Yeah, I think it's inevitable that whenever someone tells us that we are not enough or we're not we are not what we really think we are. So maybe I think I'm worth 80, 80 marks out of 100. But someone suddenly comes up to me and tells me that I'm just 50 marks, right? It, it definitely hurts and it might be true that I'm really 80, 80 marks, but by the person's standards, I'm actually 50 marks, right? But if I'm able to accept that, Except the person, whatever the person is saying, could be true in his perspective. I could possibly work towards any marks in his in his according to his standards, which will actually be better off for me in the, in the long run. Yeah, but sometimes it's always easier said than done. 
Yeah, of course. Like, and I mean, you just need to access your, your life right now and see, are you really working to the best of your ability at times? No, but... Yeah, see, that's, then that's just the key to getting better. Is yeah. to recognize that you're not putting enough effort. And then, since you know, then go and do something about it. Because mm. complaining and whining wouldn't change a thing. And if you have time to complain or whine about it, it means you're not spending your time wisely. Because mm. that time taken to complain or whine can be spent improving. People, people I, I think people mistake whining and complaining as a source of stress relief. When in actual fact, it actually, it actually breeds a lot of negative energy which suppresses your positive energy to work. That motivates your, yourself to put in the work. Right? Yeah. I think most but people don't understand Yeah, I that. mean, some people... I mean, I get it. Sometimes we just need to be hurt at times, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> sometimes it's hard because... When we, we get hurt, we feel significant, validated. So, mm-hmm. and then it's all a whole cycle again. <laughs> yeah, but after getting validated, after feeling significant, channel those positive energy to working. Uh, mm. Instead of coming out with more negative energy, you complain and whine. Yeah, yeah I, I guess it's something, we're just human, we need to do certain things that might not be actually that good for us. <laughs> Just like french fries. But having some at some points of time wouldn't hurt. Of course, we need to know when to stop. The moderation and everything. So, yeah. I, I'm going to expect a lot more whining and complaining from her. But... No, why is Annie her? Eh? <laughs> what? That is your friend. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned my friend. And I said her. Okay. Identified my friend as a female. <laughs> so, eventually, she might still complain. She might still whine and everything. But... Hopefully she can at least channel some positive energy to doing something good for herself and ultimately her future. Mm. Yeah. All the best. <laughs> Why? If she's listening. Ah, <laughs> uh, she won't listen. She's she's better off spending her time trying to fix her stuff. So yeah. Yeah, but the the thing is you also need a lot of patience, correct? Sometimes we set unrealistic goals and we expect to achieve them. By a certain age. Yeah. And again, this is also because of society, societal standards. So, I don't know, but I'm not perfect. I actually, I, I feel happy that so far, like, I'm actually applying certain stuff that I read into my life right now. Because I think I just used to read and then forget about it. Or I just forget, or I just don't apply or never think that I should apply and they'll reflect on what you read yes as well. uh, and luckily eh, I don't know somehow it just got to me slowly you know just gives a lot of perspective into whatever that's going on and then I think the greatest thing anyone can do for themselves is to stop caring about what others think I think that's like step one for anybody yeah because it's all that judgment that dictates your behavior, that prevents you from doing what you want to do or prevents you from being who you are. And if you could just remove that entirely, then a lot of good things will happen. Uh. I think most of us, we find it hard to not be judged by people 
or finding hard to not care about what, what, what people think of us, right? It's because of back to pride and ego again. <laughs> right? You think about it, it's, 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 yeah. it's still our pride and ego. So a proposition would be, my proposition would be, instead of thinking of your pride and ego, think about your confidence. So by not caring about what other people think and what other people judge of you, right? Rely on your confidence. Be self-confident of your abilities, but not to be overconfident to the to the point where you're complacent, delusional. Yeah. Yeah. Complacent or even delusional. So it's it's actually a thought that I had after listening to one of the one of the interviews uh by Jeff Goins with Ryan Holiday. It's a very, very old interview, uh, probably from a year ago when he just released when Ryan Holiday just re- released his book, Ego is the Enemy. So it is hard for us to, you know, shed the ego or our pride. But when you we constantly rely on our ego, which actually it basically means that we think of we think more of what we are we, we, we really are than we truly are. So we are actually of B grade, but we think we are of, of A grade. So we're kind of overestimating what we are not. And because of that, right, when people judge us, whether is it correct or wrong, we feel hurt. Yeah. But how come you were chance upon that interview? Um, I wouldn't say I chanced chance upon it. I I deliberately downloaded it because when I bought his new book, Perennial Seller, mm. a few uh, I think two weeks or three weeks back, right? Yeah, two weeks back. I suddenly wanted a like a refresher of what his previous book and everything was because I realized there's a theme in all the books that he wrote. Whenever he write a new book, right, he always referenced, he always references all the other books that he wrote before. So in Perennial Seller, he not only referenced historic books, right? He also references previous marketing books because Perennial Seller is based on the ideas from Stoicism combined with marketing. So it's actually, personally, I think it's a very good book. I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking, but it has a lot of useful, actionable, and valuable advice that you wouldn't be able to find elsewhere on marketing or Stoic-related blogs or articles because he has a very, very unique perspective because he does a lot of research. And he makes sure, right, that he doesn't write anything that's similar to what he read outside. So he used whatever he read, right, to come up with whatever new ideas that he has about coming up with a new perspective on the same topic. So I went to like flip through, not flip through, sorry, listen and watch a few of his past interviews and content. And I felt it's very applicable for, yeah, this story. But uh, so what kind of, I mean, sorry to jump uh-huh. one thing to another because uh-huh. it just got me thinking like uh-huh. okay so since you said your friend has understood you know so what are your steps that you're gonna take to make her accept and you know this time make a breakthrough well it's, it's not my responsibility to <laughs> make sure that she accepts it well I mean since you already helped halfway you might as well help all the way right Yes, but well, I I gave her a few actionables and uh things to to work on first. So because I believe people only change if they want to be changed. Yeah, of course. And since you mentioned that she kind of understands that she needs to change, uh-huh. so I think now is the right time, you know, to push her to push her down the funnel, right? I mean, like a sales funnel or something. Not push her down, but you know, just 
guide her through no, the in... sales part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay, what what I told her was, you know that you want to learn like different things. Okay, so so she told me that she wants to learn different different things. So that 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 could be one of the reasons why she's a bit like not very focused on her work and everything. So because she 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 don't have a lot of interest in what she's working on right now, but because she doesn't have any experience at all. She's she's a fresh grad. So she doesn't know a lot of things, right? She doesn't know what she's really interested in and what she wants to do and everything, which actually is a, the perfect audience for us, but... No, everyone's like that. <laughs> yeah. every A lot of people are like that, but anyway, going back to this, she wants to try different things, right? But if she's employed to do job A, to do task A stuff, she suddenly say that she's not even, she haven't even go through the probation period yet. And then she says she wants to try type B of job, like job B kind of stuff. Obviously, your superior, your boss wouldn't allow you to do that, right? Because we hired you to do, to do job A and only job A type of tasks, assignments and everything. And if you can't even do that well, how am I, how am I going to give you like job B? So I tell her, you make sure that you finish whatever that is required of you for job A, right? And you think, of, you think one step ahead. What, would, what, would, what could they possibly need you to do also? So complete that as well. Again, it's uh, the whole offering value to people Yeah. in whatever you do. So if she's able to provide that value to a superior and then say that, oh, she still has so much time, free time, then she could possibly explore more opportunities in job B. But if she can't even do her job A well, would she, I asked her, like, would, would you as a superior allow your subordinate to do extra work? When, she, when this subordinate can't even do whatever that she's, she's required to do at least decently well. So I tell her, the first actionable, make sure you complete whatever is required of you and more. Think about providing value to your superior, to your boss and to your company. Then after that, then you try to offer more value by saying that you're interested in this particular thing, job B. Could I try and actually help you out? And you could even go a step further by suggesting something that he or she or no one has ever thought of before that could possibly work. And they say, oh, this employee could actually take on job A and job B. And that's where you can, that's where, that's where you can break, break out of, you know, just a small little circle where you're trapped in. So that's what I told her. The first actionable. Yeah. I mean, it's always easy to say that you need to go beyond. But sometimes, when I ask myself that, how am I going to go beyond like my job scope to yeah. offer value and I get stuck? When you really get stuck, you need to, I don't know, for or maybe me, if you ask, I don't know, huh? ask the superior. According to her, her superior is not very receptive of whatever she says because of her competency, I think. Yeah, again, it all boils down to that ego thing. It's because she uh, she thinks that way, that she's incompetent. She thinks that her superior has this fixed perception of her and she didn't ask, but she assumed that the superior wouldn't tell her anything nice or not. Yeah, that could be a very probable thing actually. And I tell her that you can't possibly do this like for a few weeks, right? And expect your superior's perception of you to change. You're gonna give it at least you need to give it at least three to six months. People are not gonna give you extra work and then have to clean out your mess just because you want to. You have to show that you can do it. Mm. Yeah, and I kind of give her a bit of an example of you know my, my own experience. I'm able to do different things in a company not because I just go up there and 
tell my boss that I want to do extra. It's because I show it. I don't only say, I also show it that I can actually do those things. But of course, it might not always end up the right way. You might get, you might end up getting too much work. But of course, that's a kind of a happy problem that it shows that people think high, people think highly of you. Ah. Trust you enough to, yeah. to give you that responsibility. Autonomy, ah, in that sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a better problem than having people to, to constantly breathe on your neck to complete <sighs> your... Micromanage. Yeah. Of course, if you were in that position where you have a lot more responsibilities, then it's up to you to try to manage and also sometimes delegate and sound out to your boss and everything. Tell them that, you know, there's too much for you right now. You need an extra helping hand and everything. Of course, if, you're, if your boss trusts you and your boss respects your decision and everything, respects your input, then of course, they will do something about it. So I told her, you have to do it. It's going to be hard. Mm. But and it's going to be rewarding, right? Yeah, of course. It's all... Anything that is hard, anything that's difficult will always be rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you set her an actionable or... Yeah, that, that was my or actionable. Or deadline, I mean. No, I told her, I told her to do those things and... And stop complaining. And stop thinking about about this. No, I... Well, it's, it's a bit hard to tell a girl not to think about these kind of things. Just bite down the mouthpiece and do it. Uh. <laughs> it was that simple. If you're an able-bodied person with a clear-sounding mind, you just need that patience and grit to pull through on it. Yeah. I'm sure, he, I'm sure she'll be able to do it with a bit of, not a bit, uh, but considerable amount of push, pushing and everything. But yeah, good luck. Okay. Since you said your piece, I hope that you see progress or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shall we wrap or is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, I think I, I think we can wrap up this episode. But uh before that, I think I think we could we could start each episode where both of us share one anecdote it should be better than you know sharing an article. Because <laughs> we need to look through the article and everything. Yes. And I think I think it's a lot better, so I think it might be a lot more interesting as well. It's a bit more relatable because sometimes yeah. you just don't click with the article and then maybe it's kind of hard. Then it gets a bit um like too forced. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess it can be a an article talking about a story, but instead of referencing the article, we are reference the story in the article. Yeah, then that, that will make more sense also, right? Yeah, then it, it seems more like a conversation Yeah. than a right. narration. Then after that, once we're done with the story, we can put it up for like discussion and you know, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. And then if you have a guest... Then it'll be more interesting. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. Actually, you can cut that out. Uh. <laughs> oh, you have to put it in. Yeah, put it in. Okay. Okay. So, so for this week, so what's your, summary. Yeah. What's your What's your takeaway? Takeaways. Oh, after your input, you know, jump to conclusions when, when there's a when it's not related to emotions, and mm. stuff. When it's related, when emotions or feelings of people is in play, you need to take a step back, listen to both sides of the story. And then give your take, you know, just give everyone a chance as how you want to be given a chance when you're in 
a similar situation like that. Mm. Yeah, and there's the same thing goes, you know, empathy and objectivity just goes hand in hand for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So for for me, based on based on an anecdote that I shared, I would say share the ego or pride, whatever that you have. Don't stop trying to think of too highly of yourself. Even if people put you down when you deserve some sort of recognition, accept that person's whatever perspective or opinion. As long as you're confident of your own abilities, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. Just need to shed the ego and pride. And you'll, feel, you'll be a lot much better off. You wouldn't be angry. You wouldn't be upset. You wouldn't allow the other person's negativity to put you down. To pull you down, sorry. And ultimately, you could possibly pursue happiness. Because a self-confident, a confident person will not be put down by whatever people say. But an egotistical or prideful person will be hurt by even what the weather does to him or her. That's too extreme. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but extremism is, is actually the way to make a point. I know, it's, it's just one of the ways that I like. Yeah, la, I mean, probably any single remark might just hurt an egotistical person. Yeah. Something without malice could become something that sounds malicious. Yeah, and it will only... And the one losing out will only be you because you'll be angry. You'll have all sorts of negative... You'll be upset. Mm. Yeah, so that's about it. Yep, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, bye. That's it. Thank you for staying until the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this, share this with your friends and tag us on Instagram or Facebook to connect with us. We'd appreciate any sort of feedback. Be sure to check out the show notes at theanecdotes.net. T-H-E-A-N-E-C-D-O-T-E-S.net. Thank you once again. We'll